Thank you for tuning in to the Crossover Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and grows your faith. To learn more about Crossover, visit our website at crossovernorman.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Crossover Norman. Enjoy the message. Man, we got a packed house. Come on now. Golly. Hey, you know, college kids still do love Jesus. Imagine that, all right? Hey, listen, I want to tell you a little story. When I was uh, your age, I was once a handsome fella, all right? I know it's hard to believe, but I was, all right? I had long brown locks down to about, I don't know, about mid-shoulder, all right? I wasn't that attractive, let's be honest. My wife's like, nah, I like you bald better, all right? I was like, I knew I married the, the, the right one, amen? Um, but yeah, I did cut it off and send it to Locks of Love because I'm a Christian, all right? I don't know who's walking around with that nasty mop, but someone is. Um, but I, I had a lot of things going on in college. I had, to, I had a, a good number of friends. I, um, at that time, I had a, you know, a good girlfriend. She was pretty, not as pretty as my wife, but she was pretty. All right. And, you know, there's a lot of things good in my life. But for some reason... Uh, my sophomore year, it happened about fall, and if any of us were with us last semester, we had counselors come, and they said, there is such a thing called seasonal depression, that when the time changes, you change, and instead of getting dark at 9 o'clock, it gets dark at 5 o'clock, and since it's Oklahoma, it gets cold, and the wind does sweep down the plains, all right, and it gets miserable here. It gets cold. I think it's going to be a cold one this winter, all right, and I did. I kind of fell into this funk. I don't know if I'd necessarily call it a full-out depression because I don't know if I could give it that much credit, but I did get into somewhat of a funk. And it's funny, as I grow older now, I see that sometimes God uses depression as a time for suggestion. Because when I got into a funk, you know, I tried many other facets to try to get out of it, but in reality, God wanted me to be still and know that he was God. Pastor Carl Lentz from New York uh, uh, Hillsong, he says it this way, when you are still before God, you know who is God and who isn't in your life. And you know, I, I, I was still before God and I was seeking and I was searching and I was asking, I was like, God, I know that you're trying to tell me something, I just need you to tell me. And I, like, it just was this constant fight and pull and I just couldn't understand exactly what he was trying to tell me. So I went to my disciple, my father, and I asked him, I was like, man, dad, I just want you to know, like I'm kind of going through this rut in life. And um, it's funny, now that he talks about it, he was like, He's like, God had been already kind of preparing me to, to talk to you about what you were going through. Um, but when I told him what was going on, he just simply started asking some questions. He goes, well, how are you doing spiritually? And I was like, well, you know, I, I pray, right? I read the Bible, right? I, you know, I go to church, now given, right? I, I read the Bible like my verse a day on, on my way to class, got my checklist, right? I don't know if I necessarily really read it, right? I did pray. I prayed before every meal. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Dear Jesus, bless this food. Amen. Right. That's a prayer. Right. I went to church. Yes. I showed up 10 minutes late, sang my songs, listened to the pastor and turned around and left. I went to church. I don't know if I necessarily did church the right way, but I guess I did do the checklist. Now, my dad being my dad, he obviously knew that I probably wasn't being the best person that I needed to be, but that wasn't what God told him to tell me. He said, what about your friends? How are your friends right now? And I was like, well, they're, you know, 
they're good. They're, they're, they're all right, you know? And he's like, well, where are they at spiritually? And I'm telling you, I started kind of feeling like this, this holy hug starting to happen, like the presence of the Lord was starting to kind of be in the atmosphere between us. And I said, well, they're, you know, they're kind of like me. They read, they pray, they go to church with me. And then he asked me this question. He said, where are they hurting? And I was like, uh, he's like, where do they need more Jesus? And it just kind of all consumed, and I could tell that the Spirit was there, got the holy hug, the Holy Spirit was all over me, got the goosies, as J-Lo likes to say. Like, I knew that he was there. And my dad said, you know, Brent, when I was about your age, I was going through the same thing. And what I realized is that I needed to serve people. And when I started serving people, he said, it changed everything about myself because it took my eyes off of me and to put my eyes on Jesus. And I was able to show people what was going on inside of me, and I was able to give, it, give them eyes of Jesus as well. And he goes, ever since then, he goes, anytime that I start getting into a funk, I start saying, well, how did you serve somebody? How did you love on somebody? How did you, how did you lead them? How did you help them? How did you guide them? And I'm telling you, students, it totally changed my life because I knew exactly where my friends were hurting. I knew exactly where my friends were coming, where, where their shortcomings were. I knew exactly where they needed more Jesus and I knew it. So students, there are aspects of, of serving and loving people that I still learn to this day. I think it's something that we will continue to learn for eternity, learning how to love people even more. But I do know this, is that the way that we serve others reflects our relationship with Jesus. So for tonight, I don't have time to necessarily cover every aspect about serving, and I, I can't talk about every avenue. I can't talk about serving in your communities. Uh, I'm not going to necessarily dive in today about serving in your church and how you need to be serving and volunteering in your church communities. Tonight, specifically for college students, I think it's so important for us that we need to learn how to serve others. So continuing our To Be Honest series for this week, we're going to be honest about serving. So tonight in our passage in Mark chapter 9, if you would turn with me there, we're going to be looking at Jesus' disciples who also need a little lesson in serving. Now, Jesus doesn't necessarily say a whole lot of words in this passage, but he does have a powerful influence on his core leaders. Obviously, he did something right because we are still talking about Jesus 2,000 plus years later. This was Jesus' desire in this section here, is he wanted to list his expectations for his disciples. His expectations for his disciples was used in one word, serve. So let's look in Mark chapter 9, verse 33, and it says it this way. And they, this is the disciples, they came to Capernaum, and when, they saw, and, and when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent, for on the way they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. 
And he sat down and he called the twelve and he said to them, If anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and he put him in the midst of them and taking them in his arms, he said to them, whoever receives one such a child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives, receives not me, but him who sent me. Now, I, I can just kind of see this, this, you know, I kind of had a resembling thing the other day. Uh, my three-year-old and my two-year-old were fighting over a toy car, and I was filling up my water cup, and I kind of looked out the window, and a uh, little two-year-old man, like I saw Hulk just come over him, and like they were fighting over his toy car, and I saw this two-year-old, I'm telling he like went like Hulk smashing on his big brother, and like I, I'd never seen rage like that. Like it scared me a little bit. Like this two-year-old's got a little demon in him, all right? You look at his diapers and you can definitely tell that. But um, I have to get y'all laughing a little bit. Uh, but then I, I look and I see older brother, he's, he's got, he has the car and he stole it from him. And then he just like pushes him and he sent river into next year of how hard he pushed him. River was rolling. And we just had this big discussion 20 minutes before about how we don't fight one another. And I walk out there, you know, I shut the door and I sit down and they're both like prim and proper. And I was like, What's been going out? What's been going on out here, right? Rivers got bloody face all over him. Revan looks like Wolverine just like was playing Tickle Me Elmo with him. And they're like, nothing, nothing, Dad, nothing's happening. It's like, well, obviously y'all been fighting, all right? Students, listen, you can hide things from your mama. You can hide things from your daddy, but you can't hide things from Jesus, all right? And he says, oh, you have nothing to say? All right, well, let me just go ahead and just, Make it clear, you know. It, a lot of people believe this is James and John who are fighting later on about who's the greatest. And he says, hey, you know what? If you want to be first, you must be last. Now, what I love about Jesus is also the same thing that it's hard for me to swallow sometimes about Jesus is he's going to be that one person that's going to say that one thing that you hope that no one else says, right? He's going to tell you that one thing like, hey, if you want to be great, you actually need to be last. Hey, if you want to love someone, you got to lose yourself. He's going to say the one thing that's going to be the extreme hardest thing for us to do. You know, I know this is a small paragraph, but just because it's small doesn't mean that it's not important because Jesus is teaching us how that we can be great in his eyes. In order to be great in God's eyes, he says that you must be a servant. I think that there are three things that we can take away when we are looking at this verse right here, looking at these verses right here. I think that there are three takeaways that Jesus is trying to relate to his disciples this day. First, I think when it looks about serving and we need to serve, I think it shows us that we need to learn how to position ourselves. We need to first learn how to position ourselves. He says, if you want to be first, you must be last. There is a positional change there. Not only should you be last, but you should be last of all. Now, I don't know what you've been taught in your life, but if you want to be first in this world, you got to fight for it. If you want to be first in this life, you got to achieve it. If you want to make the A team, you got to prove that you're the best. If you you got to outshoot everybody, you got to outrun everybody. If you want to be first, you got to be first. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. If you want to be first, 
You must get in the back of the line. What I love about this text is if you look at the Greek context, you can see that there's a parallelism between Matthew 16 that a lot of us know that if any of you want to be my disciple, you must, what? Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Being a servant to Jesus is not about self-promotion, but it's about self-demotion. Following Jesus is full of sacrifices, and if I can tell you anything as, as, a, as someone who has been a Christian for a long time, the more that I am uh, walking with Jesus, the more suffering that I see. And students, listen, if you can't foreshadow what happens with 2020, what's going to happen for the next 40 years, I can promise you something, that it's going to be harder to be a Christian. Because guess what? Serving at its core is constantly denying how you think you should be treated and constantly treating others the way that Jesus wants them to be treated. Now, what do I think is the most common thing that happens with especially college-age students is that we just don't put ourselves in the position to serve others. Now, let's just think about the last 18 of our 18 years of our life. You were kids, amen, hallelujah, all right? And just think about it. Your whole life you have been served. If you went to church, they served you at church. Your parents served you 24-7. When you went to school, your teachers served you. They cared for you. They wanted to see you achieve. They really wanted you out of the classroom for the next year, right? Your coaches, they served. They, they wanted to see you excel You were served 24-7 over the last 18 years of your life. Everyone's world around you was mostly about you. Then college hit. And college is like a rushing rapid, and y'all all know it when you jump in that freshman year. It is like a a tidal wave and you get thrown in and all these emotions are happening and you're getting tossed and you're getting turned. And man, a lot of us, we're just struggling even to get a breath. Grades are overwhelming. Friends are overwhelming. uh, Sororities, fraternities are overwhelming. Friendships, church, everything is just overwhelming and we're trying to do everything to get a grasp of air. Some of us have gotten to the point where we're just like, man, I'm done. How many of us have just have said multiple times, like, I'm just done with college. I'm moving back home with mama, right? Yeah, you laugh because it's true, right? Like, I'm done. Like, this, this sucks, right? Like, I always said I wouldn't go back to school, but I'd go back to college. Amen, hallelujah. Well, let me tell you the greatest way for, for the devil to take down a college student is for him to make their problems seem greater than God's purpose in your life. So how do we position that? How do we make this purpose that God really wants you to serve? How do we make his position, or how how do we make his his promise greater than our problems? In in short, (laughs) I can't make it any, any more direct than this. At some point in your life, you have to make your problems, you have to gather them, and you have to give them to Jesus. He promises to take care of you, to clothe you, to feed you, to, to make all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. Like at some point, you have to give them to Jesus, and then you have to position yourself to be able to serve 
others. You must make yourself last. My youth minister growing up, man, he made an impact on my life. I, I still talk with him, uh, you know, periodically through my life, and uh, I love Mike Duncan to death. He made a big impact on my life. And when I was in high school, we had about, I don't know, 100, 200 people in my youth group, and we would always sit right here in the middle. And um, what I noticed is that Mike never sat with us. And I was like, what's, like, you know, after a you know, couple of months of watching him sit in the background, I was like, you know, I'm going to go sit with Mike, right? And so I went and sat back with Mike, and we, we sang our two hymns, you know, How Great Thou Art, Holy, Holy, Holy. If you don't know those, then you're not holy, 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 all right? <laughs> but about the second, you know, the second 30-minute stands of Holy, 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 I leaned over, and I was like, Mike, like, why do you always sit in the back row? Why don't you, like, sit with us? He goes, well, y'all don't need me right now. But he says, what do you see? And I was like, people singing? He's like, but no, 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 like, seriously, look around. What do you see? And I was like, people singing? <laughs> like, am I supposed to see something different? And this dude woke me is the best way I can say it. He leans over and he says, well, you know, I see this young couple here, and I can tell that they're having some problems because they both are just crying right now. And you know what I want to do? I want to go over there while it's time to shake hands, and I want to go and put my arms around them and tell them, hey, I love you. I want to talk to you about whatever's going on. My wife and I want to take you to lunch, and I want, I want to see where you're at. And he, said, he goes, you know what else I see? He says, I see two new, new uh, young, uh, probably seniors in high school, and I can tell that this is their first time because they got deer in the head like, Deer in the, like <laughs> words are hard today. <laughs> deer in the headlight eyes, and he goes, you know what? I want to go give. I want to go tell them, hey, I want to take you out to lunch. Here's some people. I want you to get to know all these people. He says, and also listen. You see that lady right there? I like. She's there's something going on with her that is, you know, I can just feel it in my heart, and I want to go and take my wife over there and let her talk to her and just try to pick her up. I mean, he wakes me up to see, he goes, you know, I wouldn't be able to see everybody if I wasn't able to sit in the back here and I can see when they were struggling with something. And I'm like, dang. Like, but he says, I don't only do this here. He goes, you know, when I walk places, I, I try to observe people. I try to see them for where they are really at. And I really want to get to know them and I really want to get to help them. I really want to serve them. Now, does this mean next week, college students, that I want all y'all to sit in the back row of crossover and be like, oh, I'm ready to help somebody. Oh, she itched her nose. Here's a tissue, right? Tissue or, oh, she's really lonely. Hey, you need my number, right? Like, I don't know where you're at with all this, all right? That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that we have to be aware in every circumstance of people's problems and how we can serve them. It could be in the classroom and you see someone struggling with maybe some of the problems that you don't struggle with. And you're like, you know, hey, why don't you come over? Let's, you know, grab some pizza and I would like to help you through some of these problems. Maybe it's you're driving down the road and you see someone with a broken car and you're like, hey, listen, like I know how to work on cars a little bit or at least I can FaceTime my dad, right? And I want to help you work on your car. Maybe you see someone even in your own home. Maybe you see your, 
your roommate and she is just stressed out galore. And maybe you just go and pick up all of her clothes off the floor and you go and wash them and fold them and put a little note saying, hey, you know what? God loves you. I love you. I want to be there for you. You just let me know what I can do. Maybe you're walking across campus and if you have Jesus in you, I know that you have discernment in you and you can see when someone is lonely. How many of us have walked past a lonely person knowing that they were lonely and we did nothing? Maybe God is saying like, hey, why don't you go put your arm around them and say, hey, you know, you got time for lunch right now? I'm, I'm going to squeeze a little time. Maybe you skip class. Uh-oh. And I said, don't, don't show this to your parents, all right? But maybe it's worth skipping a lunch if you can lead them to Jesus. Serving Jesus is putting your problems at the feet of Jesus and saying, Lord, you know what? You got to take care of this. Lord, you are Lord. I believe that you can do this. But it's also positioning yourself to see people's problems bigger than your problems. You position yourself last in order to serve Jesus. You gotta position yourself in, in a way to change the outlook on your life, to see people for who they are and see where you can serve, see where you can help, see where you can lead them to Jesus. But that leads me to my second point. We must not only position ourselves, but we must position others. See, the best way to position ourselves last is to position others ahead of ourselves. He says in this context, not only should you put yourself last of all, but you also must be a servant of all. Man, there's scripture after scripture after scripture. You know, Philippians 2, 3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value other people above yourself. Students, do we really love people? See, loving people is a big deal to Jesus. He talks about loving people all through the scriptures many times in the Bible. Love others, he says, the way that I have loved you, which is a sacrificial love. Do nothing for yourself but love others, not selfishly for anybody's gain. Love your neighbor as yourself, we can go on and on and on about what it means to love others and how much Jesus cared about love others. I mean, he even set his disciples saying, love one another so other people know that, that I love you. If you want to know if you're loving people the right way, I want to ask you a couple evaluation questions. How much of your time this week or the last three weeks did you spend serving somebody? Asking them about them. Asking them about how they are doing or asking them about where they are hurting or where they need help or how you can, hey, even serve them, even help them. You want to see if you're loving people the, the, the way that Jesus wants you to serve people. How have you sacrificed yourself for others? Do you try to fit other people into your schedule or do you try to fit yourself into other people's schedule? Have you loved someone this week? Did you go out of your way to make someone know that you love them and that you cared for them? Here's the biggest one. I think this is the biggest uh, evaluation that probably is going to hit most of us in this room. How much, did, how much time did you spend praying for somebody compared to praying for yourself? 
Because even in Scripture, Paul, if you look at any one of his letters, he's never praying for himself, but he's always praying for others. He's showing us that even in our prayers, we can become selfish. Students, love and, stu- love and serving others is positioning their problems above yourself and their needs above your own. And when you care about making them above you, conversations are less about your problems and your worries, and it's more about their problems and their worries and how we can move this and we can take them to a, a better place where we can serve them, where we can make their life better. Some of us in here, if we can be honest with ourselves, and I want us to be honest with others, and I want us to be honest with the Lord, some of us in here right now are very lonely. You might have a lot of people around you. Heck, you have 32,000 people on this campus, right? But some of you are the loneliest people that you could ever imagine. You feel it. There's a burn in you. And let me tell you something. I've felt a lot of spiritual warfare over this sermon. I, I don't know why, but I think it's coming down to this point. I think that there's something right now that the devil doesn't want us to do, and, and, and we're about to do it, all right? I think the best way for to get over that is for us to do something tonight. I did this last year, and, and it rocked my face off, and I think I want to do it tonight. And I want everybody who is lonely in here to wipe this myth away and, and think that, that you're not good enough, you're not friendly enough. If I could change everything about myself, then, then other people like me. I want us to wipe this away and think, well, I'm the only person dealing with that. See, the devil doesn't want you to hear stuff like that. And the devil doesn't want you to hear what we're about to do right now. I want everybody, by the show of your hands, you're being honest to God the Father, all right, Lord Jesus. I want you to raise your hands today if you would like to have more friends that really care about you and that really love you. Who would like to have more friends like that? All right, lonely people, look around. All right? Everybody put their hands down. All right? Yeah, is that me? <laughs> There's a lot of people in here who would love to have a great friend. And we need to be vulnerable with one another. And we need to collaborate with one another. And we need to walk up to somebody and say, you know what, I'm, I need a good friend. Do you want to go hang out sometime? And the other person needs to be, heck yeah. I would love to hang out with you. I'd love to get to know everything about you. I'd like to know how your mind works. I'd love to know how your heart works. I would love to know about your proximity with Jesus. Are you close to him? Are you far away with him? Do you, not, do you even know him? Do you not know him? Let me tell you about Jesus and how much we need him. People, devil doesn't want us to unite together tonight, all right? You want to know what makes crossover strong is the unity between believers that love Jesus with all their heart and soul and mind. And we need to make that powerful. He doesn't want us to hear that. Believe you me, there are people in here that want to be your friend. Make it happen. Walk up to them. Be a little vulnerable with them even and say, man, I'd love to maybe go grab lunch with you or something and, and, and get to know you. We need to serve one another because the devil doesn't want us to hear this for this reason. Because he knows once we start working well together and maybe we can gain a little confidence and we can grow in our relationship with Jesus, guess what's going to happen? You're going to start doing that with people who don't know Jesus. And where two or more are gathered, right, Jesus will be there. And you and your friend, you know, you're going to see that lonely person on the bench. You're going to be like, hey, bro, let's, let's go tag team this, all right? You go sit on either side of the guy. He's going to freak out, right? But you know what? Hey, we'd love to hang out with you. You want to go grab a Coke or something? And man, bam, that's as simple as it can be. 
You can start a lifelong, you can start an eternity-long friendship right there. The best way to share Jesus with someone is not your knowledge, but your love. You want to know how to be great in Jesus' eyes? You go and love people and serve them, not because of what they can give you, but because of what you can give them, and that's Jesus. You want to start serving people? You won't be lonely anymore because when you get done with one, you got 32 other thousand students that you can go and love and grow and invest in. Students, we need to quit making ourselves above people and we start making people about ourselves. And I'm telling you, there's something holy about it. There's something great about it. God will protect you. God will work in you. God will talk with you. God will make things happen that you could never even believe when he makes serving others a priority in your life. Lastly, what we learn from this passage, we're not only supposed to position ourselves, we're not only supposed to position others, but we're also supposed to position Jesus in our life. Verse 37 says, whoever receives one child in my, my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives me, not, not only me, but him who sent me. The reason you can position yourself last and others above you is because you can position Jesus first in your life. You know why I think Jesus mentions multiple of multiple times, A, just how much he loves Jesus, or yes, Jesus does love Jesus, all right, but how much he loves children, or he talks about having faith like a child, is because children are simple. Children, you can feed them, you can clothe them, you can hug them, you can pat them on the butt when they're trying to go night-night, all right, I do it all the time, all right. You show them just a little love, and I mean, they will love you to death. Jesus is like, you know what? I'm going to take care of you like children, and I'm going to help you with your problems, and I'm going to be everything that you need. I will guide you. I'll help you. And most importantly, I will save you. You just have to have faith like a child. We are the ones that make faith complicated, not children. Jesus came and died for me because I sinned against him. And I believe that he was sent by the Father to cover all of my sins. And when he died, he rose on the third day to conquer all sin. And I trust that. And I know that I need Jesus in order to have, have a relationship with him and have an eternity full of heaven, right? That's, that's what eight-year-old Brent understood in 1994. And I understood it. But when it became 2004, it became way more complicated. I'm not good enough. I'm not holy enough. I'm not perfect enough. No one would like me. It's me. It's not them. Uh, wait, no, actually, I hate them too. I don't like people. I don't do this. See, I'm the one that makes the relationship complicated with Jesus. It wasn't Jesus making the relationship complicated with me. You want to know when you're serving the right way is when you put yourself last, you put others above yourself, and you put Jesus first. He says it right here, that if they receive you, they will not only receive you, but they will receive me and the one who sent me. You are serving people the right way when people receive you and they receive Jesus. When was the last time you served and you loved someone in such a way you got to know them, you got to know how their heart ticked, you got to see what their problems were, you got to help them, you got to work with them, 
they needed help with something. And during that time, you saw that opportunity to share the love of Jesus with them. And they saw what they needed and they wanted it because of just your relationship to them. Serving people doesn't take intelligence. It takes patience to allow the Holy Spirit to work in that person, to break down their walls and let them see Jesus through the love that you give them. Now, here's a good place for an old pastor joke is you need to go serve someone and love the hell out of them. Amen, hallelujah. Chew on that one for a little bit. You'll get it later. Some of you are getting it now. Awesome. Students, this also protects you. For the hundreds of students who are terrified of rejection, when you're serving someone for Jesus because you have made Jesus first in your life, they don't deny you, Jesus says over and over, that they are actually denying the one who sent you, which is him. But I want to tell you something. I have never felt like a more achieved. I've never felt like I've had a great day of hard labor. I've never felt more honest and pure and have a great day's hard work is when I was rejected by somebody, when I was serving them for Jesus, when I was trying to promote Jesus to them, when I was trying to be creative, loving them, serving them. And when they rejected me, you know, it was a great rejection because I knew that I did something great for the Lord today. And you know what? I kept on praying for them them, and I kept on persevering, and guess what happened more times than not? I had more times than not, I've had someone come to me weeks, if not months later, and say, you know what? Why were you so nice to me? Why are you, why are you so nice to me? And it gave me an opening to be able to share, you know, the reason why I, I, I am the way that I am is because, you know what, Jesus is the way that Jesus is to me. Now listen, I could stop the sermon right now. Let's go hit the books, right? All right. <laughs> Let's be honest, all right? Well, let me give you a little relationship advice since we are college students. Single, ready to mingle, all right? I always say that when you date, you evaluate. Now, listen, no, don't just go on a date and go be someone's boyfriend or girlfriend. That just takes all the fun out of it, all right? Like, hey, I'm going to go. I'm going to get to know you, all right? But if you want to go on a date with somebody else, then you do it, all right? That's between, and, between you and Jesus, all right? But during your time of evaluating, we're going to talk about this later on in relationships, I want you to evaluate the person that you are interested in, and I want you to see how well do they serve others, do they take time out of their day helping a stranger? Watch how they talk to the server. Watch how they talk to people. Watch how, how their mind works. Ask them questions. See how flexible they are with people and problems. Are they flexible with their schedule? Do they try to fit people into their schedule? Or do they try to, make, try to fit into other people's schedules? Why don't you go and understand their friends around them? Do their friends serve only them or do they serve their friends? Do they pour into their friendships? Do they get to know their friends and, and serve them and help them? Is Jesus their why? Is it Jesus their why to get up in their morning? Their why to love people? Their why to serve people? Their why to help people on the side of the road or in the classroom or in the sorority or fraternity house or serve people at church? Do they put Jesus first in all that they do? This is why I ask you to ask this. Because the way that they serve others is the way that they're going to serve you. And if they don't serve others the way that they need to be serving others, then they're going to enslave you to serve them. 
And believe you me, you want someone who has a joyful heart, who has a childlike faith, who has fun with Jesus, who wants to serve people because they have put Jesus first in their life. Because when they do all of these things right and they put Jesus first and they put others before them, listen, they're gonna serve you not for their own gain but for your gain to be better in Jesus. That's the type of relationship you want. That's the person that you want in your life. Amen? All right, can I wrap it up now? Come on now. This guy's, guy's preaching. Come on now. Serving, as I said in the beginning, it shows your relationship with Jesus. How well do we serve students? Is it a big deal for us to be with Jesus and serve for Jesus? See, Jesus came not to be a not not to not to do anything but to serve in this world and to love people and to bring them into his glory. My question is are is our eyes fixed on this? Maybe some of us aren't. Maybe some of us are like, okay, yeah, I'm an adult now. I can vote now. I can go fight overseas now. Maybe it is time for me to step into my faith and be great in Jesus' eyes. How do we do that? We gotta position ourselves in order to change our focus from off of our make ourselves last, and make other people above us. We have to change our position. Second, we need to change other people in our mind and not put them below us and not think about what can they do for us, but we need to change our position and make them above us. Where are their problems? Where are their hurts? Where can I serve them? And lastly and most importantly, we need to put Jesus first in all of our, our life. Do people see the love of Jesus in you? Do people love Jesus? because you love Jesus. And I think we need to all evaluate that in our life tonight. Amen? Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we are so thankful for you that we we need to be bursting out with joy right now. Lord, I just want to be able to share with them just a true word that we are supposed to be servants of you for your glory, for your kingdom, for your honor. And Lord, tonight there's some of us who are like, well, serving and, and loving, Lord, this is great, but, but there's something that's missing, and that's a relationship. And students, listen, becoming a Christian is just starting a relationship with Jesus. Jesus, you know what? I know I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior, Lord. I ask you to come and be the king of my life. And I know that you, you came and you died and you rose again to conquer sin. And Lord, I just want you to know that I trust you, and I want you to be the king of my life. That is what you have to do today just to even start a relationship. It's a free gift that Jesus has given you. Lord, we, I just give people courage. If they don't know exactly all this, all, uh, everything about that, I ask them to come and talk to our prayer team that's going to be down here at front or down in the back. And uh, Lord, maybe some of them are maybe even a little scared to do that. And they can, they can fill out a contact card and say, man, I just want to talk to somebody about that. They can scan the QR code if they need to and fill out the app there. Lord, we just want everybody to know that starting a relationship with you is easy. But Lord, tonight, some of us in here, we... We need to step into our faith. These are the shake and bake years of our life and it's the time from, from growing from our parents' faith and developing our own faith. And in our faith, we need to grow uh, in likeness of you. And the way that we can do that is to serve people. And Lord, we got so many thousands of students on this campus that need you. Lord, we need to open our eyes and our hearts and be able to see them and love them in a way that they see your love through us. 
Lord, give us strength, give us desire, give us compassion to be more like you. Lord, as we stand up and we give these next few songs, Lord, if we need to pray about something, let's do it. If we need to just go and worship you, let's do it. For tuning. Amen. If you would sing.